On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. <laughs> Yeah, good morning and welcome to Hunters Postmortem on this Monday. And uh, it is, of course, March 6th and what a weekend of racing it was. Not only here in Sydney, but also south there in Melbourne. Great to see so many good performances. And I'll tell you what, we're going to recap it all here on Punters Postmortem. Your panel today, Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey and David Gately. Uh, let's get to Ron Duffersey this morning. G'day, Duff. Good to talk to you, mate. Yeah, g'day, Dave. Um, another great day's racing at Randwick. Some magnificent horse yeah. flesh on show and the... The Purton show uh, rolled on. Uh, well, it started off. He hasn't been ridden here for a while, but the big uh, group won double and uh, with two superb rides. They were superb rides. Um, it was a Zach attack, wasn't it, David Gately? Great racing down there in Melbourne. Michael D, he is the man of the moment. Yeah, look, we have a lot of um, up-and-coming riders, don't we, in both states. And Mickey D was um, was brilliant again. The racing certainly competitive. Um and, uh, yeah, so a lot of class on show, as Duff's mentioned. And Glenn Munsey joining us as well. Glenn, uh, where I was standing on Saturday at the Punners Challenge, which uh, was the ATC Punners Challenge, supported by the TAB, there was plenty of cheering going on. The punters were backing winners left, right and centre. And uh, the winning table, as we mentioned in Big Sports Breakfast, they not only won the 10000 for winning the comp, but they also walked away with 10000 on top of that, so 20000 in total, because... Their overall collect on the day was twelve thousand eight hundred and eighty. So they picked up what ten thousand eight hundred and eighty dollars plus the ten extraordinary scenes. Yes, good morning to you, Dave, to Ronnie, to Gator, to all the listeners, and uh, I actually saw a photo uh, last night of uh, some of the winning members of that team, and all I can say is uh, East Lakes will never be the same. <laughs> and if they kept my mother up. With the celebrations, uh, there'll be stern words being put across the fence. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, let's talk about uh, the big group one in Sydney, or the uh, the big couple of group ones. I'll start with you, uh, Ron Dovesey. Uh And I want to start with Artorias, because, uh, it, geez, it looked like uh, J-Mac was home. And uh, Vince Accardi mentioned this on uh, the program on, fr- on Friday when we spoke to him from the Daily Sectionals about just uh, what this horse was doing in his trials and that, you know, that he was only going to improve this preparation. Well, boy, oh boy, he's back with a bang. Yep, and uh, very carefully handled since his overseas uh, uh, trip away. But he's always been a horse with immense talent, uh, but just no race sense. Uh, It's as simple as that. He's uh, uh, a ripper horse, beautiful horse. But uh, you can't give credit enough credit on the team the way they handled him and tried to switch him on this preparation by letting him win a jump out letting him win a trial or making him not letting him making him win those trials and jump outs and it just just helped you know and 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 Purton just niggle 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 kept him in touch he wasn't tailed off like he usually is and he he he, once he saw that gap come he launched into it and uh, that's the real horse that we saw there on on Saturday on Saturday he's a it's a proper Group 1 horse. So that's a very important win for him to win another Group 1 at uh, a three-year-old now, at, uh, as an older horse now, So rather than two. So, yep, I thought it was a sensational win because she was there. She was uh, she was home. It was easy to go the early crow when she cruised to the front there from outside the lead, uh, the New Zealand mare and Peritris, but uh, she just got run down by a, a tip-top colt. There's, there's, you can't... Praise him high enough. Yes. What did you make of um, the performance of Artorias Gator and also the the second horse, the mayor from New Zealand Imperatives? Well, I'm not sure I'm qualified for comment. I actually missed the end of the race. I was in the queue um, <laughs> ready, to, ready to collect and um, just turned back and someone said we got beat. So, look, he had to produce an outstanding finale because, as we all saw, she was absolutely home. And it's not as if she's a... She's a slouch. He's a proper mare. Um, but he's just uh, absolutely launched. And Look, he's always been capable of it. And, and I've tipped him. I tipped him in a Group 1 Corfu Guineas against Animo. Um, but he's just bring, he's been bringing himself undone, hasn't he? And he seemed to do a lot of things right there on Saturday. He needed to at the top end to run down her. Uh, but when you're running home, 
you know, 11.28 at the end of that race. And, um, you know, compared to her 11.72, you, you get the job done. And, yeah, nothing short of outstanding. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably the win and run of the day, I think. Munns, now we spoke about the price of Imperatriz on the punters panel. What exactly happened with the betting with this race? Because did Artorias SP'd um, around that 9.50 mark, didn't he? Yeah, well, first of all, Dave, if you listen to the punters panel on Friday, you were implored to have something on Artorias when it was $6.50. Now, to think you would go to the races on Saturday and be getting $9.50, well, you probably concerned yourself saying, well, there's something must be drastically wrong here because I know a certain member of the punters panel was castigated quite roundly by younger members that haven't been uh, in this racing game very long when they were told that Imperatriz, which was $1.90 on Friday, was going to be $2.40 on Saturday. It was $2.50, so I'm really, really sorry for that. Uh, it did SP $2.20, but $2.50 was the best price given about it. was made the lay of the day by Tim Ryan on Saturday morning. But uh, it was $2.40 at 10 o'clock in the morning, Dave, on Saturday morning. The market was wrong. And I know you can say that after the race and everything like that, but there are a lot of people that go and reprice races after they've been decided. But he was never entitled to be the price that he was, Artorius. Uh, and the thing that stood him in good stead was the fact that he... he um, you, you look at him during the race, and when Zach sort of made his not really made his move, but sort of half-pipe pushed the button at about the 350-metre mark. He laid his ears back, Artorias, and he stretched his head out, and he gave you the impression he's going to be in the finish here. He seriously wants to uh, have a real dig in this race here. I must admit that um, Imperatriz did look home in the race there. Uh, The surprising aspect was uh, how short Golden Mile started in the race. Nobody Mm. thought that Golden Mile was going to be anywhere near those odds and would be the most significant drifter in the race. But to think it started half the price of what Artorias did, he still ran very well, Golden Mile. But uh, to me, just just the SP, the, the price was wrong all week about Artorias. He was $3.50 equal favourite seven days before the race and ran $9.50. We've got our first caller, guys. Brett is on the line. And as I said, we're going to give away a double pass to the Black Opal, the VIP tickets. So give us a call. Our best caller today will be winning those tickets on 13.53.53. Brett, you want to talk about the slipper? Yes, I was just um, wondering what the boys thought. Each week, the slipper seems to get more wide open. The chances of Don Collion after his big run in the Diamonds. I think I'm swaying back to him, to tell you the truth. Uh, he just knew new form coming into it again. He excuses in the uh, Blue Diamond. The timing looks right for him to peak. Uh, I think he's the forgotten, will be the forgotten horse in the market. Uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think he's um, he's right in this golden slipper. As far as there's the depth of the race, there's plenty of chances, but I, I think he's the one that's probably should be spoken about, spoken about a little bit more because he had those little excuses in the Blue Diamond. Uh, the timing's right. He hasn't had a peak performance yet, and I think he's ready for one. All right. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you very cool for your call, Brett. Uh, let's talk those two-year-olds in. I know we're well, Dave, the, the biggest news in the slipper is we've got a new favourite. Yes. And, that was always, f- always going to happen. Yeah, and affirming favourite again. Uh, th- uh, if you're looking on the, the website and possibly the app, you're looking at Cylinder being $3.70. Well, I'm looking at my system here telling me cylinder is $3.50. Mm. Uh, and learning to fly is now $4.50. Red Resistance is at 7 King's Gambit's 11 Don Corleone and Little Bros. So there's your two blue diamond runners, both 13 Facile. Now, be very wary backing Facile here. I've got it about 28th in order of entry, Facile, because none of the money earned in the English races go towards the slipper. The only money in the English races is money that the winner earns. So I've got Facile on about 98000 in prize money, and before Saturday, that would have put a 27th. So, um, yeah, just be very wary there with Facile at 15. Blanc de Blanc, well, it's got to run either this Saturday or Sunday. It hasn't got enough money. It has to win either Saturday or the Black Opal Sunday to get into the slipper. Blanc de Blanc at 17. Lazago, Platinum Jubilee and Steel City at 17. And then $21 for Barber and Kundalini. Now, Kundalini, probably in the same boat there. Um, 
Yeah, because it's English money doesn't count. So it would have been well down. It, well, it would have been probably behind Blanc de Blanc. So it's got to run this Saturday as well. Is that just... Do you feel as though that's a justified that Cylinder is your favourite? Considering learning to fly, I thought was pretty good on the weekender. She was, uh, but she had a tough run where he had a beautiful lead up. He, he, he had a lovely soft run in a moderate race. He sprinted home. He looked good. Um, where she had to had a real, well, I have to say a little bit of a gut buster because she kicked up underneath and then was going to let one pass, then she had to kick up again, and then she had to find all the way down that straight. And uh, obviously there were two different race shapes um, as far as he just popped up when Red Resistance slowed up up front. He popped up there and got into a rhythm, and Red Resistance was a little bit aggressive. I think I thought he went pretty good. Um, but he's just got that sense of timing about him, Cylinder. He was always going to firm from Sunday when she was still favourite. And don't get me wrong, she's a top-class filly. Um, but he has got that, you know, the, the peak run third up after not having a tough run second up, and he's ready to explode that horse. So he, I, I think he's a deserved favourite. Whether he's short enough in a race like this is the, the question. I think the barrier draw is all important for this race, as it is every year. Um, just looking at the makeup of the horses there and where you'd like to see him in the run in a race, I think the barrier draw is all important to what you... It's all right me saying I think got Don Corleone's over the odds a little bit and this and that, and Cylinder should be favourite. But once we get to the barrier draw, yeah, the, the feeling sh- could be a, a lot different. Our next caller is Todd on the line. G'day, Todd. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Very good, mate. Excellent. Um, I had a, a few quick points I wanted to make this morning, if that was OK. No worries. Um, the first one is, um, how good is the Crow, NMO? Um, I think he's the best uh, horse in the country right now. And uh, the AJC and SCC should be putting behind him a promotion similar to Lonro, um, seen his Glamour horse back in the day. Um, absolutely outstanding uh, NMO. Absolutely love the horse. And uh, class of the capital C. Yep. Uh, I think you've you got a good horse to follow there, Todd. I think... I think you're right. I think the ATC should be promoting the um, uh, the horse. I think I, I reckon they should have been um, promoting more the the Bowman. Uh, sorry, the the McDonald and Pert and factor going into Saturday rather than. Oh, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. The models on the back page and the middle pages. I, I, I think it's all about the participants. It's it's all right getting the the glitz and glamour there, but it's not everything when you're leading into a promotion of a meeting. You know, you've got to promote your participants and their champions. And the champions were on show, as far as McDonald and Purton on Saturday, which has uh, created a lot of talk. And also, when you get a horse like Animo. Um, let people know about it. Come and see a, a legitimate, you know, top line champion in some people's eyes and see if he can get the job done again. I'm all for that. Mm. What else have you got for us, Todd? I was uh, shocked and very, very uh, happy and surprised to see um, Danny Beasley um, started riding a few winners in country New South Wales. Um, I remember the day in 98 when he rode five winners at Taree and he used to partner uh, Victory Vane with Gay Waterhouse. He won the Triple Crown from memory uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, champion jockey and very, very uh, great horseman. Um, I would love to see uh, some Sydney trainers get behind him and uh, and start getting a few metropolitan uh, rides. Yeah, I'm sure if he finds the right... I think he's happy back in his hometown. He's had a great career, hasn't he, Danny? And uh, he's. Uh, I think he's happy to be home chipping away. And if he finds a horse to come to, come to town, I think we'll see him here. Beautiful, thanks and, for you. Uh, oh, no, one more, Todd. You got one more? Yeah, just the last one. Um, just for uh, Munns. Um, Munns is an expert at, uh, at prices, and I'm just really excited um, by learning to fly. Um, but like Ron said just a minute ago about the barriers, uh, it all comes down to that. Um, what price do you expect the punters to be able to receive uh, come sad, sad day for learning to fly, Munns? Come Saturday, Saturday week. Saturday week, yeah. Well, the barrier draw is going to be important. And, and this Saturday, see, I've been saying this now for close on a month. We haven't had a dominant two-year-old. Uh, you look, you, you, I brought this up uh, the other day. You look at learning to fly and facile. So now, they've, now they've, they have now raced each other twice. 
uh, and there's been nothing between them both times. You throw Blanc de Blanc into that equation and Kundalini that, you know, they've raced each other a few times as well. There's nothing between them. No two-year-old has come to the races and blown its opposition away. You look at the margins in the two two-year-old races on Saturday. They, they weren't dominant. Um, so, you know, it, it was no surprise to see Cylinder become favourite for the slipper. Uh, when you look at also, Cylinder ran one second slower in the first 400 metres than what Learning to Fly did. So completely different race shapes. So, you know, the, the, the time thing will appeal to Cylinder, uh, to the, the market for Cylinder. Learning to Fly, you know, she's got to be able to, to back it up. Um, I'd be waiting. Something will come out of the ground and firm very, very big time out of this Saturday. And I think that'll force both the favourites. At this stage, both the favourites are too short in the slipper. Okay. Very interesting. Um, thanks for your call, Todd. Uh, 13.53.53. Our best caller today will win that uh, double pass VIP tickets to the Black Opal on Sunday. Gator, I'll bring you in here, mate, because uh, we had the Australian Guineas on Saturday. Group one there in Melbourne and Legato. Obviously, there was that incident uh, where we saw Ethan Brown and Mark Zara, unfortunately, uh, lose their mounts. Um, but... Gee, this Kiwi. Um, and the emotion from Ken and Bev Kelso after the race. Um, extraordinary, this horse. Yeah, that's right. The latest on Ethan Brown, uh, uh, obviously upgraded from critical to stable in ICU. So some relatively good news there. Um, Legato's win to the eye was um, was exceptional. I mean, she sort of lost her spot to some extent at a really important part of the race mid-straight. Copped a bit of a Titan, and um, she probably overreacted a bit to that, perhaps, and lost a length or two. Still had the audacity to then pick herself up. And, and once she saw more daylight, she really accelerated, um, and no shock. Uh, her 11.84 home was the race fastest and uh, ran over attrition, who you could certainly argue um, was the best run in the race. You know, some uh, strongly debating that on, on social, and... You know, I love um, I love a Twitter chat when it's respectful. Um, and he, he did. Um, <laughs> when? <laughs> no, look, look. I think that's the overreaction. I think ninety nine out of a hundred are fine, and you get one in a hundred that's a dickhead. But um, look, attrition covered a lot of ground, um, and you know had partial cover and, and did a really good job to be beaten narrowly. Um, the theme of the three year old generation was on show again, and that the ninth horse, Elkington Road, was beaten a bit over three lengths. This Michael D as well, let's give him a wrap, um, Gator, because uh, he's having a, an autumn to remember. Yeah, oh, look, I think the, the only way... Look, I've, I've never ridden. You've got uh, a legend there, Duffy. You can talk to him about riding. I've, last time I rode a horse, I fell off and got concussed. Um, but uh, what I do um, think that punters speak to and, and what's um, salient is that how strongly you invest when you see that rider's name in the race book. And... If you see a, a, a Michael D in there, I don't think anyone's shying away from a bet. No, that's exactly right, Duff. No, he's a good... He's a, I've been saying it for a, a few while, while now. He's a real go-to man, and he delivers the goods. And and to think... Uh, look at his record in these Group 1s with the probably the SP that he's been riding him at. Uh, his record is second to none, and confidence is a marvellous thing, and he did it the week before, and he's picked up big rides in big, big Group 1s and won them in the past as well. And uh, he's, he's cool as a cucumber in a tight situation, which he has been in these past couple of weeks because she she was tight between runners. She's a terrific filly, this. Uh, I, I, she is uh, outstanding, should be unbeaten. So I think she's still untapped. Whether she's got much left in her, this preparation, I don't know. But uh, she is something for the spring big time. And who knows how far she can go there. Let's get to Lachlan on the line. Uh, Lachlan, good morning. Morning, gents. How are we all on this Monday? Very good, mate. Very good. Look, just wanted to um, touch on the factor. I know we talk about the uh, the JMAC tax, um, but I, I think the Burton coming over, uh, I think he was a little bit forgotten of how good he is in Hong Kong, 100 wins for the season. Um, and there's been a, a numerous amount of, of senior jockeys on Artorias, but... Burton seemed to be the one to, to get him over the line. Can't argue with that. Um, he, he, he did his form or, or, or 
he, he knew he had to keep that horse in touch, niggle, 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 niggle. And if he would have relaxed for one second on that horse, he would have had a lend of him. And uh, Communist, he, he was different there as well because Communist has been up on the speed and he, he read the speed of the race and took a sit and chimed in at a perfect time. So um, he, he made a statement. We haven't seen him for a good four or five years in Sydney, but he certainly made a statement there on Saturday to say, yeah, I'm still around. Uh, and I'm not just a one-trick pony around Happy Valley. Um, <laughs> he's a world-class. He, he, he can adapt to any situation, Purton. It, it certainly helped when he got a little bit of a motivational speech before one of the races there on Saturday <laughs> by an ex-jockey uh, who, who told him, you know, he's only punching around these 10 to, 10 to, 10, 10 to 20 to 1 chances to help pay the fine for Hong Kong. He wrote the next two. Just before those group ones, I said that. Then they got, Would you believe it? He's coming yeah, out he's and gone bang, bang. Interesting, too. I saw a, uh, a piece he did with Emma Friedman on Seven on the weekend, boys, uh, just that it popped up on the socials. I'm sure he was on Sky Thoroughbred Central as well. But he, he was suggesting that he does have to change and adapt to the different style here. They go a little bit slower here, Duffy said, then in Hong Kong where it's a bit more full tilt. That's the that's the sign of a good jockey who knows yeah. how fast they're going. And I I was interested in, with Preble as well when he come to Sydney. He said we go faster here in Sydney than they do in Melbourne, and I'm convinced that's the tr- that's the that's a fact uh, as far as tempo of, of these races are concerned. In Sydney we we roll along a lot more than Melbourne, and in Hong Kong they roll along a lot a lot quicker than anywhere. They go pretty quick in every race in Hong Kong up up to a mile anyway. Uh, so it's interesting how, how uh, I suppose different tracks and different conditions and different biases, but um, yeah, he, he, you've got to adapt to know how fast you're going. When you you know you can get stayed in you know in your ways as far as riding in one state. This is how quick they go, and we go slow here. That's what we do here. If you get run down from leading, you you've gone too quick, and all this stuff. But it's all about knowing. And it's the same with track bias. You know, um, once the track bias is in play, either. Uh, the leaders are no good today. It's a sweeper's day, and they all don't want to lead. Then three leaders win because they go too slow. <laughs> so you've got to know about how fast you're going in these races. Our next caller is Ray. G'day, Ray. Oh, g'day, fellas. How are you going? Good, mate. What have you got for us? Yeah, I was just phoning in uh, about the last race in the protest. I was at Randwick with uh, two of my friends who actually part-owned Tycoon Evie, and they we got a good price. Like, we got... Um, 40s and 50s uh, pre-post and I'm just wondering with that protest we thought we were hard done by are there any countries where they uh, the stewards have the discretion to award the race to in her case uh, she was um, third past the post but the, even Blind Freddy saw she should have won the race mm. any places like Hong Kong or that have the discretion to elevate her to first I uh, don't think so. I think in the old days, if maybe there was indiscretions and, and something was disqualified or something like that. I suppose it still stands. You, you, you can't penalise a horse that it's not their fault that anything happened. And it's, it's unfortunate because uh, it's heartbreaking for a filly or a mare like her to think that she should have a group three next to her name. And uh, she did everything right as, except for the interference costing her or another horse getting past it through no fault of its own. So it's a it's a default group three for Jal Lay, and I'm sure they're happy about that, and it'll stay in the catalogue for the rest of her life. But you've got to feel for the, um, you know, the situation, but that's it's hard to change the rules. You know, it's hard to change those rules because she didn't do anything wrong, Jal Lay. She was just Johnny on the spot. And now Jal Lay's got a black-type win, um next to a name by default, I suppose, hasn't she? Uh, she has, she has, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it hurt when, um, yeah, we missed out on the 40s and 50s. That was, um, actually, one of them got 55s and we used the boost, so it was um, rubbing salt into the wound. But anyway, I think she might be racing in a few weeks. She pulled up all right, apparently, so... I can't believe they went up 50... Crossed. I can't believe they went up 50 to 1, fair dink, the way mm. she trialled. Anyway... Thanks for your call, uh, Ray. Appreciate it. Uh, text on the text line here for you, Gator. Wanting to know your thoughts on this um, Benedetta. Jason Warren, Daniel Stacker. This was one impressive win. I know this was the English sprint uh, down the straight there 
at uh, Flemington. But boy, oh boy, um, Stackhouse rode quiet, pulled to the outside, and she let rip this hellbent filly. Yeah, I'm just following the sound of the races I got wrong on Saturday, which is most of them. Um, yeah, she was uh, nothing short of outstanding. Uh, the way she left some really good uh, fillies, uh, left them absolutely standing, uh, was breathtaking, really. And the clock backs her up. I mean, she's run a 33.08 last 600 and 11.36 off a really strong speed. So, uh, But it was just the quickening that did it. You know, I thought coming back 100 metres um, up the straight, although the straight can offset that because uh, they don't have to build momentum around a turn, obviously. Um, but not wrong. She just... Um, it was an outstanding win and, and certainly has a seat at the table. You know, we, we spoke about Atorius earlier, but she has a seat at that table for win of the day in, in my humble. Agree. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Yeah. Where well, the most that... disappointing thing was that. It was at the benchmark 58 at Colac yesterday that uh, Scoria Star didn't win because Scoria Star, Benedetta and Giga Kick came out of the Balnaring trial. Well, they're both, Benedetta's gone like far lap. Giga kick went sensational, and you think score a star, this will be all right. Double figures in a benchmark 58. Gets beaten a photo. <laughs> and, Glenn, can we talk about the substitute in the quarter? There'll be no calls this morning when Opal Ridge was a late scratching, and uh, Benedetta, oh, Benedetta, they, they ended up on Benedetta. Oh, they, they ended up on Benedetta, Rock. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, they did. Oh, oh, okay. oh. <laughs> it's 9.30. Well, give us a call, by the way, 13.53.53. Our best caller this morning will be getting those VIP tickets to the Black Opal, food and drink included. That's on Sunday in the nation's capital. Uh, Duff, what about communist? Uh, there's a text here on the text line saying, hey, boys, uh, very keen to hear your thoughts on the winner communist, but also Lindemann heading towards a possible derby. Do you think Lindemann will go that far? Uh, I don't know, but um, everyone's having their cry about missing the overs. I was on at 50s. Uh, Lindemann, he was never going to win. He, look, the winner had him on straightening, but he is a... He is a, I don't think he's a dark horse now. He'll run really well in the uh, Rose Hill Guineas. I don't know about the Derby, but uh, he'll run really well. In the, he'll peak up on the right day. He's got style and position. If he finds a soft lead, he's going to be hard to beat in the Rose Hill Guineas. And a communist. Um, I was making a little case for him early first up, saying, well, you know, he's, he went from strength to strength last preparation, and he, he ran well, but... He showed significant improvement getting to that 1,400 on Saturday, and he did win with authority. And um, what I do like about him is the way he toughed it out all last preparation. So you know you're going to get a good good prep out of him, and maybe he comes doesn't come good till he has three or four runs. So who knows if he can improve again and again and again. He, he might have been the one that slipped the system and, and, and could go on with the job. So... I don't know. I, uh, these three-year-olds leading into the Rose Hill Guineas and Derby, I think they're going to be different types, the Rose Hill Guinea types and the Derby types. We lost we lost a couple on Saturday. I think there's no way in the world Zoo Tiger and, and obviously Aft Cabin will go to the 2000. They're the, they're the, I don't know if they'll, they'll even go to the mile. Um, they need freshening up and, and back in distance maybe, but they're two good horses. And I thought Manzois did enough, but more so for the Derby. And, uh, yeah, you, you, it's going to be interesting. Or is there going to be fresh blood come uh, Rose Hill Guineas Day? What do we make of the uh, Randwick Guineas, Gator? Yeah, well, the fifth horse, Williamsburg, uh, was OK, beaten 2.6 lengths. So, again, that same theme, uh, that they're just not spread out, these three-year-olds. And uh, I think that's where the, the challenge has been for punters. And, um, you know, that they're, they're winning. They're all sort of taking turns and winning at decent prices. A uh, communist, uh, yeah, just the, the colder ride was the key, I think. Uh, and Lindemann gave a great side. Interestingly, after Cabin, my first thought was, oh, he just hasn't run the mile out. And and um, you go back and look at the at the splits. I mean, he sort of got on the back of communist um, about two lengths off him and then looked a big hope at the 200. The winner held him um, and they both ran first and second quickest time at the end of the race, 12.04 to 12.06. So, you know, he, he has run it out okay, um, but just hasn't really uh, zoomed to the line, you know, like a uh, like similar, I guess, similar to, to Golden Mile when he won the uh, Caulfield Guineas in the spring. He wasn't super powerful at the end of the mile, but, you know, was in front. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think um, I think he'd be a risk at a mile against Open Age if they're looking at a Doncaster, but I'll let 
smarter heads worked that out. As far as averages against Group 1 three-year-old average, right on first section, bang on the class average Group 1 uh, overall time, four and a half lengths below. Okay. And, and Munns, any price movement with uh, Rosal Guineas, with Derby's out of this uh, Ram Guineas race? Uh, well, the biggest talking point with the Derby market, Dave, is the fact that Sharp and Smart won the Derby in New Zealand and he's coming here. So he's the dominant favourite in the Derby at $3. You've got Manzois and Pericles at $8. Matcha Latte just couldn't back up its first up run there and Vicious, uh, Virtuous Circle, sorry, are $11 each of two. Uh, I, I only know that because I've been looking at the, the Derby market this morning, but the, the Rose Hill Guineas market, I'll have to go searching for it for you, Dave. Uh, to see what happened there. Okay, that's fine. We've got Don on the line. G'day, Don. Hi, how are you? Very good, mate. Yeah, yeah. first time caller, mate, from Canberra. Oh, fantastic. But um, just just wanted to point out that no doubt other listeners do, but if you've got to listen to your interviews, Saturday morning, Duff interviewed Graham Begg. He gave you an $8 winner and a $26 winner. And I think Duff was on the $26 winner because... As soon as he said, don't let this thing get under your guard, Duff said, okay, or noted or something like that. Uh, yeah, I thought he was more talking about the one in the last um, um, rather than nonconformist. Unless I read it the wrong way because I didn't back it. I didn't back nonconformist, but boy, geez, he was terrific first up there and, and he was highly regarded last preparation. I think he was at one stage gator. He was favourite for a Caulfield Cup and then he may have had a setback or something like that, but... Graham's just training the house down at the moment. He's, he, he's, his strike rate is unbelievable over the last 12, 18 months. Yeah, I mean, he ran second in a Caulfield Cup, didn't he, to incentivise. And I think what people forget in that race, he was wide for the first 1,000 metres of that race. It was a terrific run, and incentivise was the absolute superstar at the time. Um, and he thrashed everything else, non-conformist. So, you know, um, a terrific run, and that's his class. He trolled well, obviously below his best in the spring last uh, time in, but came off a really strong speed on Saturday, and he, he won running away. It was a, uh, a brilliant return. Yep. Yeah, he saw someone backed him because he was $34 in the morning and started $21. Yeah, okay. Okay. Thanks for your call, Don. You go on the draw. We've got uh, Jeff on the line. Now we've got Rick on the line. G'day, Rick. Morning, guys. How are you? Very good, mate. Absolutely. I just wanted to give a shout-out to the family of Robert Woody Davies, who uh, passed away on Saturday. Sandra, his wife, and Kelly, his daughter up there at Cessnock. Um, Robert was a trainer of, uh, for many, many years up there, champion trainer. Yeah, we had a lot of friends, I know that. He's a popular man, and uh, it was a shock when we had come through on Saturday that uh, I think not many realised that he'd been so uh, crook or whatever, but... Yeah, he's a, a great loss to our industry and he's been a great servant and a great trainer throughout many, many years. So we'll, we'll all miss him, that's for sure. And I think he had the honour of supplying Gary Harley with eggs uh, most of the time uh, when we used to race at Sexsock all the time. Putty uh, would uh, appear with a, a dozen eggs for Gaz. Only a dozen? Well, he, he had to share them around. That's only one omelette. <laughs> Thanks, Rick, for your call. Uh, we've got uh, Jeff on the line. G'day, Jeff. Yeah, g'day, Dave. Yeah, I've just, I just want to um, discuss this whip rule with the jockeys. I was just thinking the other day, would it be possible to get, say, a marker or something at the 100-metre mark, say, bright orange marker, so the jockeys know when they can go for it type thing rather than just having a wild guess? Well, if the jockeys don't know where the 100-metre mark is, they shouldn't be riding for a start. <laughs> um, some of them might. Um, you know, uh, some, all these modern fandangled things these days, they want to put uh, talk to them in the race and put something in their ear and talk to them and tap, get the trainers to talk to them. Imagine that happening. Um, anyway, uh, each to their own. Maybe some of them do need a, uh, a marker to say you can you can start using the whip now, or um, how many strikes you got left, or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't keep up with these rules sometimes. Thanks for your call, okay. Jeff. Jeff on the line there. Uh, let's get back to the text line because there's snacks coming in. Uh, there's a text here about uh, Eduardo uh, Duff. Uh, your thoughts on the challenge stakes, of course. We just touched on Graham Begg there. Passive-aggressive getting the job done. And he finally gets a photo finish uh, 
um, uh, Graham, because he's had plenty knocked off in the uh, recent time where he's been on the other receiving end of the photo. Good mare. She's only been beaten once, and she gets to this level. Beats Eduardo over a 1,000. It's not easy to do. Uh, what can you say about Eddie? He went down in Ed. If he goes down, he he goes in down in Eddie style, and he was he's, he's only got nutted out there by a nose. I'm not convinced. Right on the fence was the right place to be. I'm not saying that one and two and three off was uh, uh, no good, but I just think right on the fence. I saw a couple of horses just not do that, do much right on the fence late in the day. So that's just a personal opinion. But he went down fighting Eddie. Uh, she's a good mare, very brave to bring her to a race like this first up and they, they got a, a huge result for a mare like her but boy oh boy giga kick fair dinkum um, he has come back really well he got flattened at the start that doesn't you can't that can't happen in a thousand metre race and he's sectionals um, Gator's the sectional man but I wouldn't think in too many would beat that sectional over the day Gator no it was um, they were brilliant uh, just uh, for a couple of reasons, obviously they're really fast horses, um, but secondly they didn't go overly hard by Group One standard by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, uh, the first uh, section of the race was run about four lengths below um, Group Two average, so they looked to be running along, but it hasn't really been backed up. And hence, as I say, a good horses, uh, b moderate tempo, they're going to fly home. And Giga Kicks gone thirty two four eleven oh eight. Matched 11.08 with the Bopper, who's airborne. Passive-aggressive 11.20, all uh, right at the top end of the day, obviously. And just for that caller before, the running rail does change from... Uh, there is a red line on the running rail at the 100-metre mark uh, all the way to the finish, and uh, good to see uh, old jockeys, even retired ones, uh, that are listening to the program this morning. They're up and about. They've had a big morning this morning with the soccer over there in England, and they're, they're still on cloud nine, but great to have them listening. <laughs> Thanks for your, um, thanks for that. Uh, so Giga Kick, what four fifty favour for a TJ Smith in front of In Secret, and then you've got uh, Nature Strip at six dollars, Private Eye at eight, Aft Cabin eleven, I Wish I Win eleven, Lost and Running eleven. So uh, that that's obviously uh, after the race. I mean, that's the plan for Giga Kick, where we're going to a TJ. Oh, I'd say so. I'd say so. He's uh, he's a gelding, and he can just place him wherever he wants, and he. He'll improve off that run. Looking at him on Saturday, he's put on weight. Geez, this new market's going to be a bit of a race on Saturday, isn't it? It's uh, it, yeah. it's shaped it's shaped up amazing. It has. Uh, what's just having a look at that market for that new market? That's still pre-noms. So I wish I win what two eighty favourite uh, their months. In... Yeah, we'll see. Official noms are taken today. Yep. Uh, for the new market, so uh, uh, that will uh, just remember if you if you backed a horse in that pre-noms market and your horse doesn't nominate today, then your money will be refunded to you. And just looking at some of those uh, horses that are high up in the market for the new market, you know, I wish I win 280 in secret 450, private I5, Wayness notches at nine, Marzu. Now, he trialled or jumped out, whatever they call him in Melbourne, uh, I think last Friday uh, down the straight. Sam Clipperton went down to ride it. It's at 11. Lofty Strike, 13. Bella Nipotina, 15. Asfura and September Run. 17 a pair, baller, uh, front page, rock and horse, and star patrol all at $21 chances. But we'll know a lot more about that race uh, a little bit later today when we take the noms. And going back to an earlier caller regarding Danny Beasley, Danny had his first ride back in Australia on the 5th of January. Since that day, he's had 45 rides down there in the Southern Districts and also ventured over the border. He's ridden nine winners and 13 placings, so a 50% strike rate top three in his 45 rides since he came back. And the caller also mentioned Victory Vane. Well, Danny won nine races on Victory Vane for Bede Murray. Uh, What a terrific uh, association that was. And he had great associations with great... uh, uh, the good old wait for age horses with Gay as well. Uh, give us a call, 13.53.53. We've had plenty of callers thus far, but if we're giving away to the best caller today on Punters Postmortem, a double pass, a double pass to the Black Opal Stakes Day, which is next Sunday at Canberra, and it's a VIP double pass. So you'll get in a special area, you'll have food and drink, and that will be all day. Uh, here's a, a text um, about Remark. Um, and just your opinion of how Remark went. I know we spoke about the challenge stakes, but what did you make of Remark, Duff, just quickly? I thought he went okay. 
He was only beaten a length and a little. I think uh, maybe the 1,000 metres was a little sharp for him, so I'm looking forward to see. He's not out of the Galaxy picture at 1,100 at Rose Hill, so I, I don't think he should lose too many admirers there. He's behaving himself. He's a more complete racehorse now, and and he wasn't far off them. So, no, no knock. I think 1,100 will suit him much better. All right, we'll take a quick break. It's 9.48. Give us a call, 13.53.53, if you want to go in the draw to win these double passes, the VIP passes to the Black Oval Stakes Day on Sunday. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, 9.50 on Sky Sports Radio, Punter's Postmortem, and you're with Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey, and David Gately. And I might go... Back to you here, Gator, because there's a text on the text line wanting to hear your thoughts on Arctic uh, Ferry, which went around in race four in the uh, John Ford Sprint. Uh, seemed like a good win. Damien Lamb was in the saddle. Yeah, nice ride, nice win. The Quinella came through the same sort of midweek race. Um, so it turned out to be the right form. If you zeroed in there, uh, you were well rewarded with a, with a juicy uh, Quinella. You know, they beat those coming through the Haystakes, including Ohi, who, who sort of held third. While Bell Lame in a forgive run. Time-wise, 57.4, um, had them about three and a half lengths above class average. That's rated quite well, though, at the race. All right, let's get to some more calls on the line. 13.53.53, I've got uh, Chica on the line. G'day, Chica. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Uh, what's your question? No, I just wanted to congratulate the guys on this perfect day on Saturday, mate. I was part of the winning table. Um, oh, and the punters' challenge. The punters' challenge, mate. Yeah, we had a fantastic day. You guys killed it with the, with the, um, with the commentary in the day. It was great. A bit colourful, a bit colourful. Yeah, very colourful. We're all South supporters too, so we went back and watched ah, the Now listen, now listen, did uh, Chick, did uh, Josh make a lot of noise when he got home? That's all I need he, to know because Mum was he, very concerned about the noise that was going to happen. He did, mate. Well, I was, I was in that cab that drove past your Mum's house and uh, we, we know her well. She's a lovely lady. Well, and, did uh, just, was, mate, he, when you do cash sure. that check, when you do cash that check, just throw a couple of hundred over the fence. No worries. I think we owe so just just to just to let everyone know, and for punters post mortem uh, listeners, I think I've said this to you before, Duff. It's, it's an idea that the ATC came up with with uh, Jimmy Nugent, uh, Sam Knowles, and as, as well as um, James Ross, who's obviously the general manager there of, of racing at the ATC. So basically, you buy your table chicker. How much did your table cost, mate? It was three fifty a head. So it was. So three three fifty a head. That gets you into the ballroom at Royal Randwick, plus you get food and drink all day. Yeah, each, very well worth it. Yeah, very each well table worth it. gets $2,000 to bet yep. with. And then, yep. uh, Duff, what you do is you get uh, you bet on races three to nine yep. in the challenge. You get $250 to bet per race. You can yep. have two bets per race. You can uh, have, uh, you know, 150 a win on something, and then you can take Quinella's exactors. It's all done via the New South Wales Paramutual. Mm-hmm. One of those races, though, are a wild card race where you can spend 500 on something, so you know certain teams are having five hundred on shorties or taking you know big trifectas for five hundred, etc. What happens if you knock off the two thousand? Well, if you knock off the two thousand, you don't get invited back next year. That's 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 fair income. But, but so, you don't, you're not responsible for it. Yep, that's they say righto. Well, you're no good. You were here at the challenge. You're you're out next year. So, uh, what Chicka's team did was they won for the day twelve thousand dollars. Now, how it works is you get your two thousand at the start of the day. Whatever you win above the two thousand, you get to keep yourself. So they won twelve thousand dollars. They give the two thousand back to the ATC. They then, as the table, collect ten, and then they also collect another ten on top for coming first. So that's why they've won just to tick over twenty thousand. So beautiful. There were, there were anything t- like anything exactly. like that with punters, you know, what it's all about. They generate turnover, and that's what we're all about. Yeah. But what was the big result there, Chica? What was the best result of the day for the punters? Well, club? funny story. We actually had our, our team captain, who's Josh. He loves a favourite, and he put the fit of the one pop in the Quadella in the second last race. And oh, okay. Well, well and truly. So we, he was quite a hero, yeah. Yeah, you, you got, uh, I think you got a couple of You got Communist and Linderman, and I think you had um, the, yeah, the favourite in race nine and Pink Ivory. You had Pink Ivory in your... Um, in your Quinella ticket. Well done, mate. But if anyone wants to get involved with that punish challenge, there'll be another one on Epsom Day, I'm told. So Epsom Day, which will be a big day of racing, obviously grand final weekend for the league. You need to be involved uh, with that, and you're yeah, looking forward to being a part of it again. Thanks, Chica. Cole's on the line. G'day, Cole. G'day, panel. Guys, I just... Um, I might be flogging a dead horse here, but I still just can't get my head around how, uh, with the protest on Saturday... If, if the stewards rule that third 
would have beat first beyond any shadow of a doubt. Why doesn't third get promoted to first? Because the rules of racing don't allow the third horse to be promoted in front of the horse that finished in front of it, the second horse. You can't pen it. Yeah, well, you can't. That's only that's someone's discretion to say 100% it would have. We all agree probably would have happened. But you cannot penalise a horse that did nothing wrong. It's all about, uh, you know, it's all about the rules of racing. And they're, 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 I think if you change it, there'd be more discrepancies in it. So it's a tricky one and it's unfortunate. And, and Reese Jones, the rider of the second horse, actually protested against the winner as well. Well, he was. But dreaming. when the stewards upheld the third versus first protest, they didn't even bother. They d- they don't have to bother even looking at the second versus first protest. Yeah, but they've ruled third would have beat first without the interference. If first beat second, third must have beat second as well. Well, it didn't, and second was nowhere near third. Second caused no interference to the third horse. The interference to the third horse was caused by the winner. So therefore, the third horse has to finish in front of the winner. But the second horse is in front of the third horse anyway. So it has to stay in front of the third horse. Hmm. It's complicated. I I get your point. And it's it's hard for people to wrap their head around when when you're on the wrong end of it. But uh, that's just been the rule of racing for a long time. And I don't think it's hard to argue there's a better... Um, you know, you can't penalise a horse that had nothing to do with anything. Um, so he, he Jalai had nothing to do with Tycoon Evie and Jump the Broom, so she, she shouldn't be penalised for not doing anything wrong. Yeah, the horse that is penalised is the horse that caused the interference. Yes. We've got uh, another caller on the line. Uh, Gary is not too far away. G'day, Gary. Uh, Stanley, yep. Uh, I've just won for Duff on the qualify down at Maria yesterday if he watched it. I know he uh, fancied Testator Silence yeah. uh, if it got to the final and just how the track raced there all day yesterday. Yeah, look, I, I only watched one race, I must tell you, and that was the only race I watched. And uh, I thought he'd run well, he might be a run short. And I, I, was, I was hearing throughout the day, I did see about five barrier ones won. So it must have been um, some it was sort fence of... on fire. Fence on fire, wasn't it? Fence well, or found... inside on fire. Not, not, okay. Uh, particularly in the middle of the day, it was more hard up against the fence. Uh, but, you know, up on speed inside. Uh, but that just, the, the ride of the day won the last race. You, you, you yeah. talk about the, the country championship qualifier. Well, it was on speed and inside Testator Silence, one, two there yeah. uh, with the winner. But the, the ride of the day was my old mate, Jalmari, winning the last. Well, if you said. What? You know, Jalmari got... won a race? Yeah, <laughs> come from third last. On a dry track. Oh, no, it was uh, a soft well, it was, track, no, it yeah. was a sting out of the ground. Came from third. Not a horse um, had come from back in the field all day. Alicia Collett, typical Collett family. Why, why go around them when you can go inside them? Uh, it's come from third last and just drove it straight between the leaders at about the 75-metre mark, and he stuck his head out, my old mate, Jalmari. Oh. It's got to be the ride of the day if you can win on Jalmari. <laughs> if it doesn't make ride of the week on Black Bookers this week, Ben Way and Ali Mosley have had their eyes painted on. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Gary. <laughs> Gary. Uh, all right, let's get some horses to follow, gents, and I'll get you to text these through to me too so I can get them off to uh, our social media friends and we can get them on uh, online. I'll start with you, Duff. Uh, your uh, horses to follow from Saturday. Yeah, I don't know whether it's a big meeting for horses to follow because there's the cream of the crop there and... Some meetings you walk around, you've got 10 horses to follow. I, I, have, I want to be boring and say Giga Kick and Lindemann. I still think he's going well, Lindemann. So Giga Kick, Lindemann, but I've really got nothing else to pull out of the hat there. Okay. Uh, yourself, Gator? Yeah, no, Giga Kick was the flashing light run, I think, especially given there was no advantage to be a swooper. I would have thought for certainly the first uh, 70-odd percent of that, of that meeting, um, I wouldn't be sacking Gentleman Roy either, uh, out of out of Flemington, and um, yeah, out of the Guineas. I think uh, perhaps Attrition with a softer run may be a winner. So he's one that can will have his turn soon, I'm sure. Well, as you know, Dave, I like to get wide. Um, I'm looking at uh, Saturday at Hawkesbury. Follow this uh, Godolphin runner by the name of Sequestered. Uh, it's had the two, uh, three starts before Saturday, 
and stepped up to 1,500 metres on Saturday. It won a maiden at Hawkesbury the other day, 1,400. 1,500 Class 1, it's just getting steadily getting better and better and better. Three-year-old filly by Piero. Uh, one of Mark Newnham's, Sandstock, that won at Warwick Farm on Wednesday. She's now yeah, two nice. for two this yeah. time in. Very, very good win. To come from last, last Wednesday at Warwick Farm was a phenomenal effort. Key Largo gets back to a benchmark 88. Uh, there is no betting. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right, boys, I've got those through. I'll get you to text them through to me. Now, who do you reckon our best caller was? I didn't mind the call of Lachlan, J-Mac v. Um, Purton. Anyone you want to chime in, Duff? Oh, we had some good callers this morning. Yeah. I think, um, look, it's all depends who can get there. Uh, who who wants to put their hand up and use the use it? And use so, the tickets. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're offering them transport down, Dave. If they, you know, and you could you know oh, bunk fair. in your room because you spend very very little time in your room. We had know, Todd. We had Todd there early on. He's a real. He loves. Yeah, it. Todd like he loves. He loves his race. Right, Todd. You've got the vote from Duff. You've got the uh, man's mentioned Todd. So Todd, you are a winner of the VIP tickets down to uh, Canberra. Uh, I can't offer. Transportation Muns, unfortunately. But uh, are you going to be there, Muns? Because I know you the Canberra Cup. I'm there Friday, Dave. Perfect. Uh, I'm driving to oh, Glenn, Canberra Glenn Friday. Oh, Glenn can drive them down. Oh, perfect. You, well, Todd can jump in. There. Then I'll come back Friday night to get ready for the, the radio and the races Saturday. Then I'll drive back down Sunday. Yes. And I'll be there Sunday and Monday. Yeah, tomorrow I'm, uh, I'm off to Canamble this afternoon, gents. Flying oh. in the Dubbo and up to Canamble. It's 40 degrees there, then. 42. I know. Mate. I'll be melting out there. <laughs> well, don't take that white jacket, Dave. Oh, uh, the ice mate. bloke wants it back. Mate, I tell you what, there, no. The Colonel. Um, the Colonel. <laughs> I, was lined up, I was lined up in the cab line and the blokes were after the 11 secret herbs and spices. I said, oh, boys, what's doing? Very good. Um, go and see our friends at Rembrandt too at Ringham Mall. They do fantastic things. Um, check them out. I think actually you're donning the Rembrandt now, Duff. Someone told me. Uh, I was the first to uh, don the Rembrandts. Outstanding. Years ago, they're great. They look after you. I got a couple myself, Dave. Yes, I'm, I'm hearing. See, we're on the Rembrandt train. Because every time around. I go in there, the boys say, "Can you say good day to the uh, the guys from Sky Thoroughbred Central for me?" So yeah, I'll tell you, the, the bloke from the Rembrandt, he used to do. I tell you how long he's been doing the the the, the fit for the little fellas and the little fat fellas as well. Uh, he was used to do Darren Beedman suits when he was an apprentice. That's how Fair long income. he's been around. Yep. There you go. All right, well, Michael and Morris, good morning to you boys. Uh, it's two minutes past ten. Gator, uh, we, you only wear the Versace, so, mate, we, um, we know that uh, you're flying. Oh, is that the singlet? What's that one? <laughs> Actually, you know what, Gator, I, when we do see you on air and I see you in the, the suit and tie, and then from knowing, obviously, uh, you know, you don't, you, you prefer just to be just in the singlet doing the form, don't you? I'm tipping when the camera goes off Sky One, straight off the tie, straight off the suit, get comfortable. Absolute living certainty, that one. How good. Uh, we'll see you next Monday, gents. Have a great week and look forward to really good racing. Of course, we've got the new market down there in Melbourne. A uh, big week of racing. And what about uh, in Sydney town? We get out to Rose Hill to uh, start the car. Well, they've got the big ATC launch uh, today. We've got the Coolmore Classic. We've got the AJ, uh, Farlap, um, the Morris McCartan, Sky High, the Pago Pago, the Magic Knight. Uh, so, and Muns, you believe they will be vital races, those two races. Oh, de- de- desperate, uh, Dave. And remember Black Opal Sunday because the winner of the Black Opal will earn enough money to yep. get into the slipper. So there's three very, very big two-year-old races. Uh, is, and the sires in Melbourne this Saturday, Gator, is that still, still of course, Flying Spur, many, many years ago, came through the sires and backed up, I think, a week later to win the slipper. Is it on this Saturday, the sires? Yeah, it will be, yes, and a few up-and-coming exciting gallopers who you wouldn't have seen in the Blue Diamond that are heading that way. So it should be a good race. Fantastic. Have a good week, boys. Uh, enjoy, and uh, we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks, guys.